Today we're going to talk about something that's kind of on the side, and we're going to characterize this as, you know, makerspace culture, maybe more so than makers, and the topic is esports. The reason why I bring this up is because oftentimes at the makerspace, after we get done uh, mashing some buttons, grinding, sawing, uh, wiring together some electronics, we like to enjoy video games. Also, you know, video games is an art form unto itself. It involves programming and graphic design, things that we do at the makerspace as well. So in a interesting way, video games are uh, a culmination of a lot of areas that we're interested in. Um, and also, it's sort of an emergent um, cultural thing that's happening right now that people are starting to become professional video game players and people are starting to watch it. And at the makerspace, we tend to be looking at things that are on the edges or in the future. Um, and this is one of them. So that's eSports. And this episode might be a little bit different than some of our others because it's going to be potentially philosophical. Um, but that's the reason why I'm bringing it up. So, esports. <laughs> um, my first esports experience was watching somebody from our makerspace who played, who was kind of involved in esports. I'm talking about Brandon. He played League of Legends. Mm -hmm. So, one of the first things I want to get out of the way is just this idea that it's like, it kind of goes back to some of the AI stuff we've talked about before, but. You're an athlete, but your body doesn't matter. It's your mind. Mm. <laughs> There's something really interesting about that. Well, your body does matter to an extent. Like it, the esports players, at least from the statistics I've seen, only have a a lifespan of like ten years or so because they wreck their wrists and their hands so much from constantly so, using so, them. Essentially, so there is a physical component. Yeah, if but, you want to get that early arthritis, but, you you got to go esports and. We've been joking around slash semi-seriously talking about having an esports team, but um, which is a little bit different. I only say that because I was taught because the joke was I wanted to beat Shaq. I heard Shaquille O'Neal had an esports team, and I'm like, man, forget that guy, you know. Yeah. But Shaq, if, he, if he can do it, you can do it, right? Yeah, and why we got to let everybody else get ahead? But Shaq's a great example of a physical specimen or whatever a, f a physical you know being that just is so large he's an anomaly and i mean a lot of athletics has to do with that like it doesn't matter how good you are if you're physically just so, you know i mean Shaq might be big but he is like the cuddliest person ever oh he's a wonderful yeah wonderful seeming guy except for he just you know is he's big is better than me at a lot of things that, that <laughs> yeah fingers, <laughs> rapping and playing basketball and now esports he's better than you at esports well also i'm like he's been playing basketball his whole life i've been playing video games my whole life he shouldn't be able to take this from me i i'm i have i'm ahead there you go um but i'm just interested in like the phenomenon of esports because i know in my heyday of playing a lot of games which is not now it's been a while back i always like viscerally wanted to like compete but there was really no way to do it that made any sense. Like, the, were you got Dustin? Did you kind of go through that with Counter Strike, where, where there were like competitions, but they didn't really mean anything, and you never really knew if you were good or not. The games would get hacked all the time. You would join like a clan or a guild, but yeah, I think so. And I think it probably goes back even further, maybe to like console gaming, 
I had three brothers, and we always played console games. And we were pretty competitive even before online play. Um, you know, I think it's weird. It kind of, I like to think it kind of simulates our pack mind. Like we're hunting as a group. Yeah. Oh yeah. So part of that is simulated. You're simulating it. I am a competitive MLG survival game Minecraft player. (laughs) This is one of the things, though. I think video games are going to be way more important historically than we're really realizing as we're Oh, that's a very good point. I mean, I have lived through essentially the beginning of the video game era. You know, as a child of the late 80s, I maybe missed like Pac-Man, although I played a lot of Pac-Man. But we lived through that. And video games are the precursor to virtualization of existence. I mean, oh yeah, the, you know whether it's VR or <clears throat> plugging it straight into your brain or simulated reality or whatever it is. Like these video games are are are, are humans' experimentation in that in that realm. Well, I, I've said this before. I actually had a huge rant about it on Slack that one time. I remember where I was. You know, you get all these old people saying, "Oh, the people are they're on their computers or their phones all the time, and they're they're not talking to people like it." Like a, a good person would. <laughs> right. But video well, games and the internet in general are just one form of communication. Yeah. It's well, just one is and, competitive. And, and Dustin saying we're we're engaging in activity that we no longer have access to potentially. Right. We, we can't go out and hunt a mammoth. No, right. no. And doing things with other people was always my favorite part of playing a video game. Whether it was a console and kind of playing together against each other or playing like... Um, you know, in servers with 20 or 30 people, which now it's much bigger than that. That That's what I enjoyed. And it was the, I would say it was the emergent behavior of doing things with other players and seeing the edges of the game and things like that. It, uh, there's a, uh, a tactical FPS. I play every once in a while where 90% of the time you're just walking around and talking shit with your friends on there or your little squad until you get into an awesome firefight. And then you have to actually think about, okay, how am I going to take this building? I mean, and it's, it's, amazing to see the different instincts people have just when you have that situation right and you're getting together and you're doing something you're not just talking you're fun you're functionally doing something together which in a way is sort of like a makerspace activity we don't just get together and hang out I mean, and it, talk. it, it satisfies things. that that deep down instinct in the human in the human mind that just really wants to be a part of a tribe yeah yeah i think so and Interestingly enough, with video games, there are achievable goals that are kind of laid out for you in a lot of them, which is not always the case in real life, which is also appealing. True. And also, just looking at game mechanics, I, I definitely appreciate this because a lot of times you can have like super complicated system that you have to learn to become tactical at. So one of our favorite games, me and Ariel here, is AoE 3. I was going to mm-hmm. bring that up to you. So there's couple different ways to play that game if you've never played the game before you can sit there build your civilization up build these big cities build big walls massive armies and then fight the other other team or you can put you can do it in in a competitive way which takes completely different side to the mechanics of you have to become a bean counter exactly right so that's it's actually it's it's like playing two different games Mm -hmm. you're you're thinking about the, the reality of what creates the ultimate outcome, not just what's enjoyable. Right. And, and in some degree that takes away the joy for certain people, but sure. it adds to it for others. 
And that's where I think esports. This is sort of my thesis for having talked about this. I want to know the truth. What is the truth of this game? Right. And the truth is AOE three is not a city building game. It is a destroy your enemy as quickly and viscerally as possible (laughs) game. And there's, and and there's a lot of stuff that people, when you watch competitive players, you're like, oh, this is this is not the game I thought it was. Right. Oh, by the way, that's Age of Empires. 3. Age of Empires three. I mean, you lose two seconds and it could lose you the game. Oh yeah. Right. You lose one villager. That's right. how, however many points of food that you just lost over the course of the next ten minutes. And the way you attack and what you focus on, and you know, every little glitch in the game or a little micromanagement thing can can matter because because mm-hmm. two or three mistakes in that area, and I'm starting to see the same thing in a in, in um. In esports in general, the biggest one right now is probably League of Legends. And when you watch competitive players and you watch non-competitive players, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Every and every little thing counts. I mean, they lose one life, and I don't know League of Legends that well, so I can't talk to it very intelligently. But you know, it's a group of like maybe five on five. Is that it? Or, I mean, know? if you lose one life, you're you're one kill behind. But that, that doesn't that doesn't precisely decide the game but, it but doesn't, it's but something it's, to take into but they, account but they you told me something when we were when we were playing with our esports team idea you walked in behind me and we were playing um overwatch which is the game we're talking about fielding a team for whatever that may mean but but um you said don't throw your life away and i was like that is a very sort of truthy thing to say about video games because when i'm playing for fun a lot of times i want to run in there and just wreck the place mm-hmm. right because i'm having fun i'm i'm wilding out man I'm it doesn't matter it. i can can i it doesn't matter can i get a cool kill by, by kind of taking a big risk but if i'm playing to win mm-hmm. and i'm being conservative and i'm playing with my teammates it's a very different thing and actually when <coughs> i kind of started learning aoe 3 a little better at this point Ariel was much better than me. <laughs> I had been watching probably, those videos. You before. probably still are better than me, but I'll, I would vent to Aaron and I would say, "We're trying to have fun. Ariel's playing to win." <laughs> yeah, he's just killing me. Every I can't time. stop it. I don't know why. It's just that's what's fun to me is destroying well, my enemies. That's but that's the that's the line we're talking about. You were on that side of the line. Dustin wasn't there yet. But maybe now that Dustin's on that side, he gets it. He more. can see the charm. I, I totally get it. I and, can yeah. I can go toe to toe with you. Now. And, <laughs> and I, well, I almost assuming could, you don't make a mistake because we haven't played forever. True. I really can't imagine, and and I'm the the lesser of all the AOE three players here. But <laughs> I've watched a ton of the videos that that guy puts out. We should give him props if you can remember his name. Ah, uh, something something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who who does a good job of like covering that that sort of AOE three is not a big game. It's an old game. But it's very competitive. I, th- I think it's balanced really well. It provides a it, it provides a good sort of entertainment. Like to watch, it's good to watch. Some games aren't. That's something it's we a good spectator. Mode. It's a good spectator mm-hmm. mode. And this one person in particular on YouTube has dedicated a lot of time to like presenting the best in the world. Um, but I can't. Even though I don't know how to play that well, I can't imagine going back to the old version because it doesn't seem true anymore. It's I mean, a, it's I, a different I, game. The, the lie has been lifted. And right. even then, like going back, it's not fun for me to just sit there and click, okay, build another well, villager. If you, if build you want that, villager. you play a different game now. Yeah. Right. Because you understand this game is not that. Mm-hmm. And, and that style of playing, the, the older style that I used to play. Turtle. That, turtle. Turtle. Turtle right? playing. So that, yeah. that game takes an hour, maybe two hours. Yeah. A game versus me and you now, how long does it take? Uh, 
some sometimes between 10 sometimes 20 minutes like 10 to 20 minutes yeah it's relatively quick yeah. 20 minutes is a long game for pros in that in that particular game right. mm-hmm. and w- one thing about that if you embrace that style of play and you have to, you almost have to watch professionals to learn it it's hard it would be hard unless you already have that mindset like now that you've played that level at AO3 maybe other games you approach the same way but you like try to strip it down to its bare essence and find out what it's really about rather than just sort of murking around and like, Oh, this is kind of like a different game that mm-hmm. you're not really doing it right. But, <clears throat> but by getting in those fights in 10 minutes or five minutes, you're getting more truth faster. Right. You don't wait an hour to build up a massive army and have a battle. You're like going toe to toe over and over and over again. Every, every move counts. Every mm-hmm. move counts. It means something. And I mean, you know, maybe all games have some of this aspect to it. W- one thing I like about, when I go back to the physicality of like complaint, like comparing esports to, you know, human athletics is it, it, it is a kind of a great, um, equalizer because anyone with a screen and a mouse and a keyboard could become a professional esports player. Right. I mean, with enough time. Yeah. With enough, and, and that's another thing I want to talk about is what, what is the time? Is it the amount of hours you put in or is it coming to truth faster or is it coming to knowledge faster? Like, we know people who probably played AOE three as much as you have, but they never cross that line. So they just wasted their time if they ever want to be competitive. Well, I think it's somewhere in between. We have to put in the time, but you also have to make that time effective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think good athletes probably do this too. They don't just play for fun. They're out there working. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And it's research, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just figure it out. I don't think. In, in, in esports, there's a lot of research that goes. I mean, that's a lot of what we've been doing. You know, I learned a new strategy for a certain player, and I'm like, I just worked on that an entire night one night. Mm-hmm. You, you're learning the game mechanics so that they benefit you. Right. And you're learning the sort of, I don't know if meta game is, is really the right word, but the, the information behind the game who is fast, you know, in, in Overwatch specifically, what character is fast, how much health do they have, what kind of hit rate do they have. Another thing we noticed is that certain characters aren't even played competitively. Absolutely. Because they're either a gimmick or... Right. For example, there's one character who's high DPS, but if you shoot him, he's dead. Like, right. No, no question about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody plays him competitively. Well, yeah, I mean... Did, it's, it's a wild card. Sort of throw off your... your it's a gambit. Yeah. They did. The, the best thing to do whenever you're playing an esports game, I guess would be to assume that it's an even play, even playing field and everyone is as skilled as you are that way. If you make the right moves, you pick the right people, you can possibly come out on top and then you hope they make one small mistake or you hope they make enough mistakes that it piles up. Well, that's one, that's one, another thing I'm getting at is overwatch and league of legends are specifically designed to work with the team. It doesn't matter if you're great at twitch reflexes like it might in like counter-strike or or call of duty it has to do with working with the team right and that i think part of the line for these games uh for example in overwatch i find myself naturally wanting to go in there and do some like heroic right. moves right twitch reflexes you know mess right. them up real good get so high, those, uh, out. but realistically realistic yes that that goes back to the counter-strike days but realistically i need to sit back play defense play play with my team that's right. why i think it might be better for you to switch up characters then i do I yeah. i've been doing that yeah <clears throat> but the the when you watch pros 
playing either one of those games and to get into the depth of the mechanics is probably a little more than we need to do here. But in general, they play a role. A lot of times they're grouped up in a really tight way. They move as a unit as one together and a lot like athletics and anybody who comes into that game and just plays the way that we would have historically, like I'm just kind of out for myself. Maybe I'll loosely say, Hey, let's, let's go up here, but they have like a strategy. They're going to, they're going to roll them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And well, when I play counter-strike casually, I'm not actually on a team with anybody. I mean, yes, we're playing team a versus team B, but we're not working together at all. Right. I'm in there for myself. Right. Yeah, I, I, to me, like what's happening with esports is kind of what I always wanted it to be like when I played back in the day. But because you have a really hard time getting anyone to, to agree on anything, even I think even with Overwatch, you know, if you're just going in and it's a bunch of people you don't know, or even if you do know them, um, sometimes you can't really get them to agree to whatever it is. I mean, not just that, it's hard to break into a league and feel like you've done anything if you get knocked out in the first elimination round. Yeah. And then there's a travel. I mean, you could try making your own local local league, but then it's hard finding enough people for that. Absolutely. And you know, we talked about let's 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 build an esports team. And in in the spirit of just let's try stuff, everyone's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And you know, the reality is maybe something a little different. Like you have to be good. <laughs> oh, well, we've barely, I've never played this game until last week, but you know, I wanted to be involved. And what I have found so far looking around on the internet is there's not a lot of people who've talked about how this is all put together. Ariel, your experience might be different, but like how do teams even come together? They just go out and pick, they find out from the servers who's the best ranked player and they put them on the same team. Well, there's a couple ways. I know back in the day from my time managing a Call of Duty clan, by the way, I totally didn't want to do it. It got shifted I've, off. I've of me. been in two different clans yeah. before and my, I, I was but, like best friends with the manager, like physical, like meet space, best friends. What I saw was a natural occurrence where people would be playing together. Like, Oh, you want to, you want to try out this, uh, this tournament? Yeah, let's do that. So that's one way. Another way is, but, but, but for they, example, college. They, they haven't. A been, lot of the kids in my college. But that's social. They haven't been drafted. No. I mean, it's Cloud Nine, which is arguably one of the best American esports teams out mm-hmm. there. They draft people, right? Because they're from all over the world. I mean, they're mostly from the West, but they're not just from America, even. Yeah, but what I'm I'm talking about, like how teams t- come together. With those because drafting didn't. people is one way. But those teams didn't. That's what I'm saying. This is the difference between the era of buddies teaming up and maybe they're good maybe they're not to pro level oh yeah you know how does that happen i mean no one's i don't know that anyone's explored this is there sports agents is there scouting you know <laughs> do you just go it, it's an amateur league they're yeah. amateur teams yeah That'd be it uh the other way is at college i saw a lot of the best players for league of legends for example come together and they tried to they actually did get pretty far into the north atlantic league I know yeah. one of my friends, uh, Lorenzo, he is, he's been platinum in League of Legends for as long as I've known him. Right. Yeah. Right. And platinum, and, and for those who don't know, Blizzard in particular kind of likes this bronze, silver, gold, well, platinum, not, diamond. Uh, that League of Legends is... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, okay, right. So it seems like eSports has gra- gra- grabbed... 
the point is, is they need a way to level people, like to put people in a category that makes sense, which is good for this. I mean, why am I excited about this? Why am I talking about it? Why are we sort of messing around with this to whatever level? This is new in culture. Like we're right at the edge of this happening. And one of the, and what you're talking about right now is like in sports, they didn't know this for a long time. They had amateur teams, they had local teams, they had major leagues, they had semi-pro, they had college teams. Now it's all been kind of worked out. You know, you're a high level high school player, you go to a prep school, a private school, you get drafted into college or you go straight to the pros, you get to the better college, et cetera, and so on. And, and that hasn't been worked out like in esports. Well, I mean, the thing about esports is the average person can come in and they could, they could, they could throw their, their, uh, their sword into the lot. Yeah. I love that. Now the problem with esports is there's not a very clear way to actually break into the tournament level stuff. It's, Sure, you get someone who's very good at the game, and they're always but, on the the top of the as, leaderboard, as and then Dust, they get drafted. As Dustin said, being the very best without a team doesn't mean crap. Mm-hmm. But right. then they'll get they'll get drafted if they're on the top of the leaderboard. Right. But then it stops there. How does the average person break through? Well, and I think what esports needs to go through is to have a uh, a blooming of amateur leagues in various states or nations it's yeah, a good point what's happening do we does anyone here and i know this is a stretch because we haven't been at least me and dustin as far as i know with dustin haven't been really consuming a lot of information about this very long but is that what's happening in korea for instance where their players tend to be a little better the teams do at least well the korean sporting system has always been wonky like you know soccer for example they don't have specifically national teams so much as they have a lot of club teams where you just oh you walk in it's a it's a soccer club and you practice for so long and then that club will field a team i didn't i didn't know and that it's the but. same way for gaming in korea like that hmm. but esports has always been like a state funded and heavily uh romanticized thing in korea well it's a, i mean that's an interesting thing in itself and it, i don't know what what's going on there i will i look forward to learning more about this whole world from a sort of almost scholarly perspective maybe but if you want young people to be really invested in technology games is a pretty good way yeah to get them interested and obviously not all games lead to like an it or computer science career but a familiarity with technology and a love for technology that may identify your country Mm -hmm. you know some countries are known for their food some are known for their dancing or Korea's whatever known for its, uh, for its for its technology yeah i mean samsung and and um you know i remember when i was in korea they had the best smartphones long before we ever had them best smartphones sure. worst beer yeah i don't know i guess <laughs> <laughs> that, that's probably true well i could tell you the first time i saw this kind of gameplay um original xbox me and my brothers played a lot of halo Ooh, yeah, yeah. We were the best. Yeah. We would take the Xbox. And, I'll challenge and, you for that. Well, but y'all had the perfect number of people. You were together all the time. Right. You knew each other. You played other sports. We were together. extremely competitive against each other. You were already a team, basically. Exactly. So when we went to other people's houses or whatever and connected our Xboxes with their Xbox, oh, we awesome. would always win. That's awesome. But we came across this one group of guys. They beat the snot out of us. So what was going on? Because they had plays. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. they had preordained plays that they had already figured out, and we didn't stand a you chance. Can, you, can, you can't, can't, you can't combat because the way we were playing, we would just go in there and just do a bunch of heroics. All, all reaction. It was all reaction. Yeah, heroics. We right. knew we knew what we needed to do, and we would just get in there and try to do it. Right. 
Right. They ran plays. That reminds me of when we were playing Overwatch last. Was it Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. Or Sunday. I don't know. Or was Monday? I can't remember. It was one of those days. But the whenever, day doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. Whenever Jesse showed us that one play where you, you shield put the door and you go and through. We, yeah. And we rolled that we level. We rolled over them in a minute. <laughs> You're right. Not even a minute. We just walked past them and they didn't know what to do. And part of that is everybody's on the same page. You know, you have a play. You have protection. You have everybody's lined up. They can get. Sh- they have a straight shot to the objective. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. you get in that objective, everybody's there to defend it. We saw the true essence of Overwatch. A little bit. For, it's yeah, probably how it should happen, for right? For a moment. Yeah. And I've been trying to play that way individually, but when, you, when you're when you playing with randoms... It's much harder. It's hard because it, they're not doing it, too. And, yeah, they're so not you're see, le- you're left if you try to talk to them, there's no guarantee that they're going to be on the same page. I mean, they, mm-hmm. may, they may be just having a night where they're drinking a beer and getting on Overwatch, or... They're halfway watching a movie, or they've never even considered anything that we're saying, and they're just kind of having fun. I mean, you just Which don't is know what fine. you're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and even the high level <laughs> players, I, I made the note, I got thrown into a group with much high level players. They were even playing different than the pros because they were doing a lot of gimmicks. There's these high level players that have kind of figured out all the maps, mm-hmm. and they've, they, I think they enjoy like just blowing you up over and over. Right. But if they were to try to, but the pros don't do that because they know all the gimmicks and they've figured out the counters. Right. And and I, there's this whole world that like opens up when you start really thinking about mm-hmm. how this stuff works. That's sort of the point there. And I suppose that's exactly why they have a whole separate competitive play mode. Mm. But another thing I notice if if you're if you're in there by yourself joining up with a bunch of randoms, they don't always get the team composition right. Oh no! You, you go in and it's like, okay, guys, we need a support. I want to play damage. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, specifically, if it's me and you, mm-hmm. we're bound to one of us be tank, one of us healer. That's just right. what we've been rolling. Right. And the rest of the team can just do whatever they want, almost. Right. Well, long- with those two characters, we found that we have a nexus that sort of encourages people to play a more pro style because when they need the heals and they need the, the tank just to take damage it kind of draws all the other players to us. If there's two of us working together, it draws them in because they have to come near us right? to, to, to be effective at all. I mean, not, they don't always do it and then it isn't a guarantee, but right. it feels a little more pro that way. It, it, that may be a little strong phrase to put it, but it feels more like the way the game was probably meant to be played as far as being competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, Another thing with Overwatch specifically, what's kind of intimidating to me is there's so many maps and knowing having map awareness and knowledge is a huge, a huge part of it. And there's a lot of characters. Yeah. As, as Dustin said, there's a lot of them that you can kind of throw out. When you look at the pro matches, a very high percentage of them have at least three of the same characters right. over and over and over again. And then in, in, in this game in particular, you can pick the same characters as many times as you want in league. It's a little more complicated about the way they, they pick players and things like that as it is in AOE three, right? You can only be the same country once, or if you lose to it, you can use it again. They, they try to figure out ways to game, mm-hmm. gamify the tournaments a little bit. So you're not just o- overpowering people with the same, they want to you're not just always doing the Ottoman Janissary rush. Right. They, they want to make sure that you're versed in the game and not just good at one aspect of it, but in overwatch it's built into the game itself. They don't have to do that as much in the tournaments, I guess. But for me to like even consider being competitive, 
the time it would take to, con- to, to consume the maps and understand them fundamentally would be way more than I have to commit, which is what you were talking about. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Like choke points. <laughs> right. I thought you were going to bring that up at some point. Or, yeah. or even if, if you're on Team B and I'm on Team A, I'm playing, uh, what's his name, McCree. He's got his pistol. You're coming at me. I'm not just going to shoot you. Right. Because then you're shooting me as well. Right. I'm going to throw my stun down. Then I'm going to un- unload on you. Right. And those, there's these like very basic tactics that if you just don't even know those, you're not going to get anywhere. But you've got to get that. You got You probably got to work that mechanic for a week yeah. to get good at it. And you've got to be doing it mindfully. Right. You know, not just every time, no matter what or whatever. Um, I guess you have to practice, basically. The, the thing about choke points, right? So choke point in, is what it sounds like or a bottleneck or what's the word for it in warfare? There, there may be another one. What, but, a choke point? Yeah, a choke point. Fine. But in, 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 in Overwatch, it's basically these areas you come to that there's really only one way through and everyone's got to fight it out there. And watching esports, I watch a lot more League of Legends than I have Overwatch because Overwatch is still so new, which is kind of exciting for us because we're kind of sort of players and interested in this when it's first happening. By the time I saw League, it was already well-developed. And plus, League just seems even more complicated than Overwatch, so I don't have the time to commit yeah. to understand what the crap's going on. But the 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 words that they use in announcing it are almost like an education. And the same as AOE 3. And if you can imagine someone who's like never watched American football coming here and watching it and being like, what are they talking about? First down and offsides. It's the same kind of thing. Um, and, but they're, but the announcers and everyone else are still like figuring out how to do this. <laughs> you know, d- does that make sense? Yeah. So like I was asking you, like, what is, what is a pick? And and you were like, well, that's whenever they pick off somebody when, you know, by two, two on one, somebody. You, you, it's like you're, you're trapping, you, you're hunting the person essentially. Right. With a plan. Well, you're not just one V one or. 2v1. And if you're looking at the you game... You have a specific way you're going to do it. If, you look, if you're looking at the game from a strategic perspective and you have plays like Dustin's talking about and you look at the team composition of their side versus yours, you're going to be like, okay, if we, can, if we can separate the group and we can get this one person off to the side and take them out real quick, that'll open a door, you know, a wedge to attack and, like, and, and roll them. And mm-hmm. it seems like Overwatch, a big one, is just team kill. And also there's this idea of streets, you know, and, and I've compared it to basketball, but, in, you know, a lot of times the team goes for a while and they score a bunch of points and the other team's not doing too good and then it switches the momentum. And the same thing seems to happen in Overwatch. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, the thing about Overwatch is you only fight over the points, though. There's not much fighting over in the streets. He's, he said streaks. Oh, streaks. Okay. Streaks. I was... <laughs> okay. So, so, like, I don't know how many times I've seen it in a in a king of the mountain for lack of a better term right king of the hill king of the hill it'll go to 99% the one team captures 99% and then right at the last second they'll throw all their ultimates out and it just wipes the wipes team wipes the team and then they'll have it for like 70% or maybe all the way or they'll go all the way and that's a streak and i mean like ultimates are a big deal it's yeah and i think typically if you see someone using their ultimate you want to try to interrupt them somehow. Interrupt them or make sure you don't get killed with it. Right. Or minimize the damage. Minimize the damage. So every time I see McCree, the cowboy, come out and he says, it's high noon, I'll throw the shield up. 
Right. Now, now he can't kill the whole team. Or the mech where you'll block her bombing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Put the shield up on that. The shield bro, as y'all call him, which his name is Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't think I've seen a pro match where he's not in it. Because he's, of the because yeah. it's such a he is probably the most important character out there. Just for he can defense. shield those ultimates. Yeah. I mean that in itself. I, and I've gotten good enough now. I know I can't. I just can't get away fast enough sometimes. And not even that. He can he can serve as an anchor to uh, hold a point well, where everyone else is. Well, that's what we. That's what they. That's what to, they all do. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you have this like cluster of warriors lashing out in every direction in all those vicious ways. And he's sort of the anchor for that so that they can kind of be defended. But that is different than the Counter-Strike era. Right. Or even the way people play a lot of Overwatch where they all kind of go their own way and they're trying to work it out. It's a very different look. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does make me think of sports. Um, One of the challenges is going to be how this is spectated and things like that. But Blizzard has said they want to become the the most popular eSport ever. For, for Overwatch. Well, they, they tried that with WoW <coughs> and failed miserably in the arena matches. Well, I don't know, man. Some of those arena matches get pretty intense. What was the issue with it? it it's... <sighs> arena and WoW can come down to two things where you're playing a, cra- a class where you use four moves and you just have that combo going on forever. You're a cleric and you bubble everyone and that's all you do. Or it, you're it's way more involved than that. Or you you face smash your keyboard. It's it's more more complex than you're making it sound. Dustin, what made WoW less popular than League of Legends as an esport? Though, do you know? Well, so for a while they didn't have competitive matches. Well, they did, but it was all in the game. Um, eventually, they came out with this thing where you. You is, compete. It, is, is there one called Hearthstone or something? That's a card game on, on the computer. Oh, I'm but, confused. Okay. So rather than having to level up a character and gather all the gear and right. get all the gear set up, you enter into this tournament. And I think you might have to pay your way in. But they give you a character. You set them up in like a loadout screen or whatever. I haven't done this. I'm, I think this is how they do it. And then everyone comes in on equal ground. I mean that's how that's how these esports games are now, right? But you, you don't you don't get any advantages because you played a lot. And from 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 a gear perspective, if you're playing inside the game, you can have whatever gear you want, right? Uh, typically, there's a gear set that you are better off Every, getting. Everyone kind of knows what the standard, right? And they have seasons is. of gears and. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's different combination well, of characters. There's a lot going on. Well, someone was joking around with me about, is this even a real thing? And I pulled up the League of Legends. You know, I put League of Legends World Championship, and I put it in Google, and I clicked on images. It's an arena full of people. Yeah. I mean, it. it, it yeah. It, it's a huge arena full of people. It, the, the prize money is in the, the seven figures now for for the biggest tournaments. That's not super common, but it is it has occurred. Um. I'm still waiting for the like the culture to rise up around it, you know. Like I don't think I could I couldn't pl- find a playbook, you know. <laughs> Are well, they that's the thing about esports. Some- like I said earlier, it doesn't have any club teams or many local leagues, and that's yeah. what it needs. It yeah. needs an entry level. Well, so here's so we've had esports for a while, right? Yeah, it's been four or five years since they've been really pushing it. Is it longer than that? Longer than that. Okay. Uh, what's that, dude? Fatality? 
what dude are you talking about? And he's got a whole line of like keyboards and stuff. Anyways, that doesn't matter. Well, there's been like StarCraft battles forever. Right, but the games now, the games are being built there, with this in mind. There, like there, we've there we reached go. a point where everyone has a general sense of game design down to, for how to build something for what Got it. Like, I'm sure Blizzard was like, we need to build this game. I think that's what it was. To be a team game. Because yeah. they, they could have just, just made any other yeah. shoot 'em up multiplayer online game. And it might have been fine. And it might have been fine. But what makes this game unique is that is it is very team composition oriented. And that's exciting to me. Yeah. I, 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 I th- you go in there, you have a role. I mean, StarCraft and, and watching World Champion Street Fighter and stuff like that is interesting. But it's not as interesting as seeing six guys or guys and girls go at it. Right. Because of all the stuff that's going on. You know, I don't want to speak too heavily about those other games, but like, but like Street Fighter is so twitchy and, and, and so it's about like a super high, like 1% of 1% of 1% skill level mm. that they've developed over a long period of time. You know, and, and the way, again, it's another one where you, you watch people play professional Street Fighter, it doesn't look anything like what you know. Right, you know, I mean, it kind—I of, mean, it kind of does because it's the same game, but it, the way that they play is very different. Um, Starcraft, I'm not as familiar with, but I have watched some, and it—it it seems to happen really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. So the point is, is that they're developing this to do teams. You know, I always wish they had more sports teams for adults. You know, <laughs> and now it's kind of like I'm on a little bit of a team. I come home from work. You know, I get on my Overwatch. I've got to practice a certain thing. So next time I see you guys, I'll be better at this one thing. I can kind of show you what I did. All right. So baseball is a young man's sport, right? Mm. What's the softball equivalent? You know how like older yeah. people play softball? <laughs> um, for, What's softball for the video, games? video games? Um, worms, maybe? <laughs> worms Armageddon? Yeah. What, there's a, there's <laughs> That's a legit game, man. That, that is a fun that game. That game's intense. That's a, a fun well, game. There's a bunch of versions, but yeah, yeah. I'm mostly uh, just trying to think. But, mm. <laughs> we're, per- we're perfectly capable of playing games, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Wii Sports. Wii Sports, yeah. <laughs> I got pretty good at the bowling, not going to lie. Yeah, I've heard there's competitive in tennis, like world's competitive for tennis and really? Wii Sports, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think console gaming is not completely uh, ruled out. No, what is the, where is the line there? Why is I've it seen the, esports use iPads, really touch screens. Yes, hmm. it's a little weird to me, but yeah, I guess that's the thing. I mean, well, I mean, th- I think there and there is. Let's draw a line here between you know, anything can be made competitive. Hot dog eating, you know, stacking hot beer, dog making, hot dog making, stacking beer <laughs> cans. You know, most TV hours watched in a row. I don't know. And and some things are just like I'm the world champion at Tetris, for instance. Instance, right? Okay, that's technically, I guess, an esport because it's been, it's been, you know, formatted in such a way. Who's the best? There's a competition, but people aren't watching that. People aren't going to an arena to watch that, or, right? Or, or or tuning in or know about it. It's not a touchstone. When I go to the, when I go to the space and I bring up League of Legends, everyone knows who Samsung White is. Now that we're a self-selected subgroup, but not everyone knows who the world Tetris player champion is. I, I don't know it, it, it crosses from being just an anomaly into something I think a little more with esports. depending on the game, there's a curve that you encounter. For example, 
wow, well, you can make it competitive and you can get this whole arena and tournament-based system together, but it won't be very gripping to the audience. Mm, I, I think WoW still has some potential because it still has that thing where there's a line of casual play versus extremely competitive play. Like If you look at the competitive players playing against each other, they're dancing. They're yeah. trading off. Yeah, like, yeah. Every move you do, I have a counter for it. Which and, is cool. It reminds me of tennis. Right. And at this point in <clears throat> the WoW evolution of the game, I haven't played in a while, but they've kind of balanced all the moves out. Everybody has like some kind of crowd control or stun or such and such. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of trade-off. They're dancing. And it's, at the bottom of this are people that are designing things. I mean, whether it's through code or some kind of, you know, just the thinking process of how this stuff should fit together, you know, the system, um, or whether it's how graphics and code inter- go together. You know, we we have designed a few sort of single day sort of low rent video games just for fun. Um, and and there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about to make this work. Because I mean, you, you want balanced characters. You can't just have one overpowered character. Right. As, as Ariel says, OP. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just blow somebody up with a click of a button. <laughs> well, it ruins the game. It ruins the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think certain times throughout the World of Warcraft evolution, that existed with different characters. And then. I mean, it's an extreme engineering problem. And it's, it's, it's really kind of an art form on top of that. Uh, you know, and we're like getting to experience it at the beginning, you know, as it comes along. I think it's fascinating. Well, I think Blizzard, for example, they have all these years of toying with the balancing of these characters. Right. Well, they, like I'm saying about esports teams, they had to invent the playbook on how to do this as a game maker. Mm-hmm. And they're probably one of the rare few that have this like evolved culture of, and, and, and like we're talking about choke points. They probably have an evolved culture of just talking about how games work together that we would not even necessarily have access to or exposure to. Mm-hmm. So, an example of balancing your characters. If I was playing Shield Bro, if that shield never went down, that's an OP character. Yeah. You can break that shield. Right. And that's why it's not as OP. Or, right. or uh, what's Well, in- Bastion used to have a shield. Exactly. And they had to take it away because it made him too powerful. He would just sit there and... Yeah, he's a little squishy. Now right? they just use Reinhardt as a shield. <laughs> well, but then you're taking up the resources of two players. Which, right. He but could be Bastion. Which is a different thing. <laughs> Put a burst of damage boosting him. Any, Reinhardt protecting him. Bastion is the turret, right? Yeah. Anytime I see him, I'm like, we got to kill that guy. And, and that's... Yeah. A, this is Before another... He can sit this, down. Is, this is another pro versus low level versus, you know, casual high level... I see Bastion being used in higher level matches, or at least a higher level for me. They're doing in the low level. They're using it because it's an easy way to kill somebody. Right. But in the high level, they've gotten a lot sneakier. You yeah. don't see a Bastion in a pro match because they're going to get taken out. Right. Every time. It's 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 actually one of those characters you never play, and it's interesting how a character that's so popular for a beginner is a, is a, is actually a, you know the opposite. Yeah. Well, that's because Bastion has such a, a massive threat potential. So yeah. Of course, he's going to be a nucleus. Right. Do you do you think 
it's possible to put together a group of people who play a couple times a week together seriously for an evening, four hours, and then maybe play like a little bit, like a couple of other nights solo or so. Like, what does it really take to be good as a team? That that's something I'm interested in. If you play as a team, can you outmaneuver like pure skill and like time in the game? I think so. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm curious. Could like, can we practice I mean, like ten requir- times? And, like, a, there's a base requirement. I think of so, yeah. Skill needed. Yeah. For example, sure. Getting headshots and hitting things properly with your stuff. That's you need that, of course. To maximize well, the amount of damage you can. A lot, but then, of the, a lot of people have had that experience through other games, like Halo. The rest. Well, of, like I was saying, with that experience I had with the Halo game when we met that one group, we were exceptionally good. We could were, throw a grenade you, you, from across the map. We were probably better than them. And pinpoint well, it. Player to player. I, I think we probably were better than them. They That's mo- why it was. They super, moneyballed you. They moneyballed us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly the way to say it. But yeah, they did. They, they figured out strategy yeah. that beat your prominence rl you were saying something there but yeah after you get those that basic skill requirement down the rest of it is just timing and teamwork right because at best when you have to like of the if you have the 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 top ranked and the second top ranked esports team going at each other with say i don't know league of legends it's essentially an equal playing field, no matter what. It's not like anyone's individual skill is going to make them better at the game because they get one extra right. minion kill and 14 gold. But it's going to be who slips up first and makes that one small error. That they can, they can use, as a, again, as an opening point to slide yeah. a wedge in. And then they have to give an inch of ground and then they have to change their strategy to accommodate that. And okay, right. the game is equalized again. I, after that mistake there's, there's a slight advantage on one side but that really doesn't matter in the log run it's it's still equal playing field then the next move on the team that has the advantage is to try and get the other team to slip up again right and a team loses essentially sort of when a, they make enough of these mistakes sort of into the time kind of thing yeah yeah it's it <laughs> i keep bringing up back these uh these strategies of war for esports but no i know uh, i think mad, that's interesting too the uh the mad strategy the uh the mutually assured destruction how the soviets in the west dealt with that was they just attacked non-vital areas and till one person couldn't take the stress anymore okay yeah a, a thousand small things to, to reach the breaking point and that's that's you the can't, uh, you can't fight the main fight but you no. can fight the, fight the side fight yeah yeah. Um, another big thing about esports is it's, and, and just playing these games, they're so fast. So much is going on. It, and there's so much of a rhythm thing. And within that speed and within that rhythm, the things you're talking about, like they'll hit something that's real minor that all of a sudden opens a door. And the, the team has to have enough awareness to recognize that door and walk through it and take advantage. My neurons are f- exploding. Like whenever I'm playing this game or even when I'm watching it, if I understand that, I mean, to me, the amount of stuff going on in, in my brain trying to work all this out because it gets beyond physics, you know, it's like, 
I, I enjoy. I used to enjoy playing sports. I occasionally enjoy watching. A little honestly, I've gotten bored of a lot of sports because I've seen enough of it where it's like, okay, I get it. You know, that person's really great. Whatever. But when I watch esports, my brain's on fire. I'm just like, what is going on? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to understand all these things. And of course, when you're playing, it's maybe even more so. Well, I mean, the wonder thing, the wonderful thing about esports, though, is it would only take you if if you put the time in, it would only take you a little bit of time to learn what all those things are and that that truly understand yeah. what they're doing in that yeah it's like well the cool thing about a fresh you could throw game, someone in a wilderness and they don't know a thing about it and they're probably gonna die but if you take the time to teach them one small thing <laughs> at a time yeah <laughs> they're probably gonna die <laughs> <laughs> well i find myself reading up on everything and the manuals like you said the character ratings that's kind of my adventure in this is to come to some kind of truth about competitiveness and teamwork and what esports might be and like i don't know it's a very interesting world that you can be involved in at a small level mm-hmm. and and you know it's something that it's involved with things that we already do and like and I'm, I'm like just excited to see this stuff happening so how important is trash talking before the battle of the fists comes the battle of the minds <laughs> <laughs> well i watched a bit i watched a tournament play today and it wasn't trash talking but the other team kept throwing in really w- random compositions of players so the other team just like them out it's psyching them out it was meta it was like what they're using a character no one ever uses what are they going to do and, and, and the, you know they don't know how to react and it, it's it's interesting how your brain takes a certain amount of time to like to be like, oh, they're doing that now. But by the time your brain figures it out, it's too late. You're already cornered or whatever. Well, trash talk is important. If you know the game well enough. That's the true difference between two teams, though, is one team they'll train, they'll put all the time in training, trying to accommodate the uh, the meta, whereas other teams will try to be more adaptable. And I mean, that that's a real thing. I mean, all people, all teams of any kind on any sport, or whatever, even a business, whatever it may be, they have a limit of time. They have to choose a strategy. Yeah. We're going to learn this really with this aspect. Really, We're going to pick the same composition every time and do this every time with a little bit of variance, just to not be completely predictable. Trying to learn everything is impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of the fundamentals, some fundamental knowledge. If you know the game well enough, say you're, you're, you get caught down an alley with one other opposing player. You see what character he's playing. You know, you should know what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. There are no mysteries anymore. Right. It's just a matter of how you, how well you react. And some of that is like, you're, you think a step ahead. Yeah. Like if you're McCree, for example, I know he has that stun move. Yeah. Um, so, well, and I play, um, Lucio, if you're anywhere near a pit, I'm going to knock edge. you in. Yeah. You're going in, buddy, because right. that's exciting for me because it's hard for me to deal damage, but if I can do a one-hit kill. There are other players and, with knockbacks, and too. There are certain mm-hmm. – exactly. And so the higher-level players know that. Exactly. They're not getting near you <laughs> unless you su- totally surprise them, but they're not going to come in full force. I like to go in with a little wild card. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> I'll just tackle them right off the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take them with me. Just do both. Well, I think that's esports for now, unless you guys have any other closing thoughts. Well, I got a, a question for you guys. I know sure. sometimes when I play AOE, 
and I get really into it, there's this phenomena that I feel happened that I felt only once in my younger life when I was playing football. Ascendance. Well, not that I was I was on a line and I just got I went into the zone. Oh yeah, and I got oh, super yeah. focused. Flow state, Flow state totally. and I, I just I forgot everything around me. Well, my whole thing was just getting it done. Well, we we had a so a, I, a sort of argument the other day of whether or not video games introduce artificial flow state or real flow state. You know, because what you're describing, I experienced this in many things. Well, yeah, I couldn't precisely remember what I had done before that. I just remember knocking the dude on his butt. And I'm like, wait, what did I just do? Oh, my gosh. And it's sometimes the same way whenever I play AOE, just get really into it. And it's just everything just naturally comes together. Yeah. It's like I'm reaching ascendance to the AOE. That, that's flow state, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing games yeah. give us that we don't necessarily have in our day-to-day life, especially depending on what job you have. Me and Dustin, I think, are lucky enough to have jobs where we can occasionally get into a flow state, although not every day, obviously. Um, but that was the question is video games is it artificial or not watching binge not watching netflix is artificial flow state if you could even call it flow state where time lapses you don't really remember but you're just absorbing mm-hmm. i think simpler video games probably are cheap or a cheap version of that but something's complicated is what you're talking about with aoe3 you may be really getting close to that that flow state i mean it's just it's something euphoric I get every once in a while being able to, I get to take a step back and see the whole machine. Yeah. Extend that into a future with virtual reality. I mean, these people are writing the, the language of the future of virtual reality. If virtual reality ever becomes real, realer than it is now. I mean, we already have small manipulations of brains to move prosthetics. So I can, I can imagine so I'm thinking in the next 30, 50 years, we'll have something akin to virtual reality. Yeah. Especially with the rise of AI in the next five to 10 years. And, oh, and with you, for those who want to diss games, people who have been getting um, plastered on television for the last 70 years, which is better when you actually interact with or when you sit there and just consume. Obviously, mm-hmm. you interact. Right. All you these know. people doing other They love the video games, but then they, they come home and watch five hours of whatever it is that's on yeah. network TV. Um, going back to that. All right. Well, Dustin, do you have any last thoughts on esports? Well, I think, I think we all probably have a lot of thoughts, but yeah, pretty much covers that covers what we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's field a team fielding that team. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually kind of debating about whether to field a team or to try to start our own league in Richmond. Or yeah. Virginia, great, or the, well, the Greater Virginia area. Well, maybe we'll come back to this because I agree. I don't think that people know really how to do this yet. No, we don't. There's not a lot out the, there aside from the very highest level. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem is uh, one thing about Korea is they have internet cafes, so to speak, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like like warehouse size, built, yeah. or at least they used to. I don't know what's yeah. going on now, but you could join, you could get together in a place and, and have high end computer equipment and be in physical space together. We don't have that here. Like when we're talking about putting, like when we're talking about trying out people, or that was actually one of my my inspirations for the esports bar. There you go. Yeah. All right, that was esports. Until next time, you have a good night.